in one way, if you are a non-Asian person or a non-person of color or a non-Black person, talk to your family members. Mm-hmm. I mean, you- it's just that simple. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And you're listening and or watching The Snob West Show, the show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of the Snob OS podcast and web series. Um, We have a lot on our docket this week. There has been a lot uh, going on, um, not just in the tech world, but in um, the world at large. It's been a lot. Especially if you got diabetes, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's been it's been so much going on, you know, coming up with the 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 show notes this week. Um, I was like, I was looking at it after, you know, I, you know, put everything together and then I was like, oh man, I forgot about, um, you know, Kirk Franklin. I forgot about, you know, it's just so much stuff that's going on right now. I mean, I, I chuckle, but at the same time, it's, it's really a lot. (laughs) It's really, (laughs) it's really a lot. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the show um, since we do have so much we want to discuss this week. So we will start with the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. And first up on the lowdown deck is um, Apple Maps. Um, Got a little bit of an upgrade and it now shows where you can get a COVID vaccine. Yep, yep. It seems like, you know, uh, vaccinations is the word of the day. And a lot of people, especially with this new administration, is starting to make vaccinations more um, uh, available to people. You know, uh, we're, we're not going to go into any details, but I think they it sounds like they are ahead of schedule on being able to vaccinate every adult person by May. Uh, sounds like they're a little ahead of that. So to make it a little bit easier, companies like Apple are making it easier for people to actually find a vaccination because, you know, we talked about it in the pre-show. Um, it is hard <laughs> to find a place to get vaccinated because I think everybody's trying to get it at the same time. So if you are looking to tech to kind of help you out, Apple is doing just that. Basically, they are pulling data in from the Vaccine Finder, a free online service developed by Boston Children's Hospital. So basically what you can do is you can uh, uh, voice a query, query. Oh, do we want to hold this for the hookup since I don't have a hookup this week? No. Okay. Um, We can, since we got a lot of stuff to talk about, I guess we could consider this the hookup. The hookup is a little early this week. (laughs) Right. So let me change it. If you are looking to get a vaccination and you are an iPhone user, um, you can use Apple Maps and start a query via Siri or put in a search via Apple Maps. If you open up Apple Maps and put in a search, something like uh, vaccinations near me or uh, near my location, 
Um, when you click on a specific site within Maps, you will find details including address, phone number, and operating hours. Uh, Apple says the feature will roll out with 20,000 locations with more added in the coming weeks. So basically, like I mentioned, you know, everybody right now is looking to figure out uh, not only what vaccination to get, because we got the Moderna, we got Johnson Johnson, we've got Pfizer, uh, Pfizer, you know, in addition to that, they're trying to figure out where can you get them? Is it do you got to go to the hospital? Do you got to go to your pharmacy? You know, where can you get it? So, you know, iPhone and Apple specifically are making it easier for people to uh, find that information versus trying to make phone calls or possibly maybe getting misinformation, you know, so the the better we can consolidate all this thing, which I am a proponent of, you know, mm-hmm. like I mentioned before, I'm kind of hesitant on getting the vaccination until they modernize how you can get it. And I think this is one of the ways that I would consider uh, getting a vaccination more modernized when I can open up my phone go into Apple Maps and say, where can I get a vaccination and get all of these options, right? So that, you know, yeah. So I thought that was pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, and it, 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 it seems that, you know, folks are really, you know, now that we have these three viable versions of the vaccine, um, they are really trying to catch the technology up to where we are with the vaccine. And honestly... You know, I kind of get why with the way things were before, people were a little concerned about doing too much development or maybe looking into it too much. Because as we know now, there wasn't really a a vaccine plan before. And who wants to do double work when you know that there's a likelihood or a chance that, you know, you have to redo the work all over again. So, you know, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And for businesses, if you are providing uh, vaccination, uh, you can submit your information through Apple's website. So I just thought I'd include that as well. Cool. All right. Um, last week we talked about March 23rd being, um, Apple event day. We were all excited. Yay. Um, in typical Apple fashion, usually the Tuesday before the event, Mm-hmm. We get some sort of graphic or some sort of image or some sort of video that alludes to the event, what the event's going to be about, and mm-hmm. the date of the event. Well, that would have been yesterday, the 16th. Yes, and at as, the time of this taping. <laughs> at the time of this taping, and we, we record on the 17th on Wednesdays, and we have no such thing. Um, so according to this article from Cult of Mac, it looks like the next uh, event, uh, next product launch will take place in April now, not in March, as many people had claimed, um, including jo- John Prosser, who has been a, a very um, on point um, predictor uh, for previous which, things. Which, again, you know, I think the last time we mentioned last week, uh, that it was going to be March 23rd. We quoted this guy and mm-hmm. said the same thing. You know, he's been pretty qu- quick and pretty accurate. And, and now he's putting the events in April, you know, kind of, you know, almost like poking his chest out. And then it's like that. See, that's why I personally try to stay away from the rumors mm-hmm. because it's easy to say Apple is going to have an event in the springtime or in late winter. And you may 
not necessarily be wrong. But all you gotta do is keep saying it until it becomes true. Right. And then you're like, look, look how look how I was right. I am. But when <laughs> you start to get specific, that's where mm. you run into a bit of an issue. So um, I think this may have, you know, put a little bit of a ding on his, you know, reputation, but he's, you know, saying again, you know, it's the event is in April. So, you know, I guess if you keep moving it out, eventually right. it he'll will be, right. be a spring month uh, Which, and then he'll be right. <laughs> this may be uh, a miscalculation by Apple. Mm-hmm. Well, let me not say miscalculation by Apple. If Apple really tried to put it in March, I think it would have behooved them to do so because people are starting to get their stimulus checks. Yes. And money burns whole in people's pockets. The stimmies so, are what's hit today, the 17th. Yeah. And I'm seeing all the tweets and all the jokes about the stimulus check, but don't make jokes. Hilarious. People are they are ready to actually... spend, and a lot of people are ready to spend it on non-essential things because they deserve a do. treat for themselves for right. surviving the pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was also he may have been correct because I was reading some, you know, looking, you know, pulling together clips for the show that there are some issues possibly with parts for the AirPods 3 that could um, be a reasoning behind um, the delay. And I want to say, don't quote me, but I remember seeing something about chips possibly, Mm -hmm. um, you know, casually scrolling. So he could have been, Right? right, and then Apple mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, we don't have all what we need, so we gonna have to change our minds." And good thing we didn't say anything because you know no one can hold us to that. Um, right. So, so I guess we'll see if something actually does happen now in April, or if that gets pushed back to May. So um, we know that there are new products coming. Um, the question is just when, and. Um, you know, Apple will tell us when they, when they want us to know for certain. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. If you don't hear from the horse's mouth, then did you really hear it? All right. Um, the next thing we wanted to talk about in the lowdown, um, HomePod is being discontinued. Um, uh. If you don't know, HomePod is Apple's um, wireless smart speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know how popular HomePod was because I was never really interested in it. Well, it was expensive. And I remember when it first came out, you know, if you had a nice wooden or lacquer uh, countertop or desktop or whatever you set it on, it was causing some damage to it, you know. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of, you know, it was early. It was bef- it, not before its time, but as far as what Apple wanted it to do, mm-hmm. it was kind of before its time. And it seemed like to be more of a, a hassle than an actual use case for it. But it seems like since then, you know, Apple has dropped the, the HomePod Mini, super popular, gets rid of all the issues the HomePod had. Mm-hmm. It was cheaper and it looks like it has more functionality with the home intercom mm-hmm. and all the other things related to HomeKit that maybe Apple's like, eh, you know, uh, it had its run. <laughs> yeah, and especially with the release of the HomePod Mini, 
And the way those things continually remain, you know, sold out and the way people were snapping them up because they were so cheap. I mean, you all, we talked about it. I bought three and mm-hmm. I was really on, you know, the verge of buying five. I'm glad I didn't because honestly, I've been having some weird issues with mine lately. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, right. I, and I tweeted it. Did I tweet it today or yesterday that, you know, I may look into returning them because it's. They've been very interesting. When I first set them up, they were great. They were good. Um, and I don't know if it's one of those things where you have to use it frequently, but um, I've had to reset two of them already um, to get them to work. And even now I was trying to, you know, play a podcast while I was doing something, you know, upstairs and I had to go back and keep touching it to the thing, touching it, you know, flipping it and switching it around. It wanted to default to play something on iTunes when I was mm-hmm. in Apple Podcasts. So I reset it and, it and it worked fine. But, you know, it's it has not been without um, its issues. And mm-hmm. I think, honestly, for me, I think the issue may have been with the latest upgrade. I okay. probably shouldn't have done right. it because before the upgrade, it worked I had no problems, no issues. Wow. But then when they did the rollout, I think we talked about it. I mean, they pretty much upgraded everything in the in the line. You know, it was mm-hmm. watch iPad. Not this latest OS release, but there was something where they did um, iOS, OS, um, watch OS, iPad OS. They pretty much upgraded everything at the same time. And that upgrade, it took a really long time for a couple of them to finish. And then mm-hmm. when they did, it they weren't ever quite the same. So I'm hoping, you know, with this new 14.5 iOS, they have something, you know, in the works for home. Right, yeah. But that's yeah. common. Yeah. So, but, you know, the the Apple made the announcement on the 13th, which was what, last Friday, I think, that they were discontinuing the HomePod. But um, they still have some in stock, and those will be continued to be sold until... Um, the supply out. is gone, and then there will be no more HomePod. Yeah, well, they're still going to continue support. They'll probably still get updates, um, but they just won't sell any new ones. Yeah, no uh, new ones know, are being made. Right. The story uh, references some of the previous products that Apple has discontinued, but still supported for years on end, like the Airport Extreme devices. I'm pretty sure there's some people still out there that has you know, like a wireless router from Apple or one of their wireless or wired um, um, hard drives Mm -hmm. that you could, that would also double as a wireless router. Those are still out there, even though Apple hasn't sold any of those in years, you know, they're still out there. They're still kicking because Apple is still providing updates. Now, if you want to get it repaired, if you want to get it, of course you want to get a refund, forget about it. But I, I think the point was, even though the HomePod is discontinued, if you have one, you'll still... It'll still work, it. and you'll still be able to yeah, use it. Yeah, you'll still be able to use it for years to come. But it seems like Apple has moved on from that size and that price point, and it seems like they're going to move forward with the HomePod Mini, which leads me to believe one of my projections, uh, predictions at the beginning of the year is they're going to take all of the things they learned from making the HomePod... And they're probably going to change the um, footprint mm-hmm. and they're going to offer something else. So you've got your home pods as your little standalone speakers and then they're going to offer something else. And I think it's a um, a um, soundbar, mm-hmm. which is what I think they're going to roll out. 
and just use the HomePods as either surround speakers or just their the HomePod mini rather as surround speakers or just a standalone, you know, mini speaker that can go in a bedroom, in a bathroom, in, you know, in another room. But as your main entertainment unit, it'll be this um, sound bar instead of like the bigger HomePod. And I think you're onto something because right now the HomePod minis can connect to each other, but they cannot connect to your Apple TV. It can't connect to you. If you have a Samsung smart TV, mm-hmm. it can't connect to anything. Thing like that but because they are so small they could i could definitely see the being like you said the surround sound you have your sound bar mm-hmm. you place these little these little small little you know mm-hmm. things i think i we showed them before um around whatever space in your living room your home theater or whatever the case may be to get the full surround sound experience because even though they're small they do pack quite a a little punch and I don't know. Yeah. So this is the mm-hmm. one that I have downstairs. And you see Looks it's like a, super teeny. Like a fancy candle yeah. from Apple. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can really place these things, you know, anywhere and, and get your, your usage out of it. So I think you may be onto something. I think you're probably going to get a check mark on, on that prediction. We'll see. My wallet is waiting. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, because you are a big Sonos guy. So would you switch? Yeah. If 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 it can connect to the television directly through an optical cable and it's not wireless, you know, because I don't want my primary television sound to be wireless because like you like you mentioned, there are some problems when it comes to wireless. Mm-hmm. So when I'm watching a movie, you know, especially being quarantined, you know, we got these movies coming in, mm-hmm. you know, I want the full experience. I don't want to be messing around with it because it's wireless. Right. You know, if it does connect and it gives me the same functionality as Sonos, I'll be looking to switch out, uh, depending on the looks, you know, uh, it's got to be black. I don't know if I want to, it's got to be white and black, you know, cause I don't, I kind of like my electronics around the house to be dark, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's just personal preference. And it but probably will this, because the uh, HomePod mini, they, it comes in black and white. white black. Yeah. yeah. And I want it white. So yeah. as long as it's aesthetically pleasing and it does have a wired functionality for regular television, home entertainment sound. Mm-hmm. And then as a added bonus, it can connect to other wireless um, uh, HomePod minis around the house. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely look at uh, switching up from Sonos, which is everywhere in my house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is it for the lowdown. Let's head on over to Second String, where we talk all other tech. And kicking us off this week is Google and their incognito mode, which a lot of people use. Um, They're still tracking you on that, even though they're not supposed to. Or even that's not what they advertise as what they um, as what they do. Um, so, um, based on the article that we're reading from uh, Engadget, um, there's a lawsuit, of course, um, over the way that uh, you're being tracked when using the incognito mode. Um, Bloomberg is reporting that a judge has denied Google's request to dismiss the class action lawsuit. Um, and the judge, uh, Lucy Coe, I'm going to say. Right. 
Sorry, Judge Lucy, if I messed that up, I did. It was completely unintentional. Um, but the judge determined that Google did not notify users that it was still collecting its data while they were using um, the privacy mode, um, mm-hmm. which is incognito. So um, it's the lawsuit's moving forward, and it looks like this class action lawsuit has some legs. Um, as Google has, you know, previously um, been accused of misleading uh, users about what they do with their data, how they track their data. And so to me, it seems it's just another, you know, line in the sand of, you know, this is, in it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a habit uh, that they continue to have as it relates to privacy. It seems to be more of a policy than a oopsie. We didn't mean to do that. Um, So it looks like uh, from this article, they've, they've asked for a comment from Google and it does not seem as if they got one. Um, But what this does show is that, you know, what you thought, Oh, uh Oh, I spoke too soon. I didn't scroll down enough. The the Google spokesperson, Jose Castaneda, um, he said that, quote, the, com- the company, quote, strongly disputes the claims um, that the cog- incognito and that uh, and that incognito warned you the site might still track you. And there you go. The the plausible deniability in there, the might they could still. But you're thinking that they can't. Um, uh, track you. And the full quote, the full statement is, we strongly dispute these claims and we will defend ourselves vigorously against them in cognito mode. And Chrome gives gives you the choice to browse the internet without your activity being saved to your browser or device. As we clearly state, each time you open a new incognito tab, websites might be able to collect information about your browsing activity during the section. Well, then what's the point of the mode then? Well, so the difference is, right, and they, they kind of mentioned it in the story, uh, the search giant argued that users agreed to his privacy policy and thus knew Google was collecting data. It reportedly warned, and this is the key, that incognito does not mean invisible and sites still could see activity. So the question is, when I go into incognito mode, are they tracking me? Are they tracking what I'm doing? Are they tracking where I go? what sites I visit, how long I stay on the site, Mm -hmm. what I do, what I click on while I'm on the site, or are they collecting data? Like, are they collecting how many people clicked on the site? Mm -hmm. Are they collecting, you know... What type uh, of data are they collecting? What's the context of it? Are they collecting personally identifiable information about me, Terrence Gaines? Or are they collecting information like clicks? Web traffic to their site. Exactly, right? Um... And that's the question I think Google needs to be clear about in order to have any sort of uh, legs on in, this. in order to right in order to win or get this case thrown out because that's what people want to know and they need to be clear about. And the point that you are making, Google and some of these other tech companies like Amazon, like Facebook, you know, they try to be vague enough to where they try to put something out, but still make it vague enough to where nobody will answer, ask any questions. But things like this won't pop up because they can then say, you know, well, you signed in, you know, you, you know, EULA, 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, we we told you, you know, but we're not really telling you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we told you we still may be tracking you. Mm -hmm. And I think this class action lawsuit, at the very least, is going to force Google to, to answer be that more question. specific mm -hmm. about what they're doing. And then again, by them doing that, that gives us the ability to make a clear choice. When before we just kind of assumed that you know incognito meant I'm off the grid mm -hmm. because if I do find out that I'm not completely off the grid, I may not choose incognito mode. I may go to Safari or I may go to uh, Edge or I may go to a more um, privacy specific browser like DuckDuckGo, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Google wants to be vague enough to say, hey, you know, use us, use incognito mode, but still kind of be vague about what what exactly yeah to, so i can continue using it yeah because google chrome is popular and incognito mode is as popular because as people think when you see incognito mode people are under the assumption that uh -huh. where i'm going and what i'm doing isn't being tracked is invisible yeah which Google is, is in so many ways are going to be forced to tell you, yeah, not really <laughs> invisible to some, but not to all type right. of thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, the next thing. Um, so the, uh, oh, it's not the one I thought. Um, so malware, we talked about uh, civil sparrow. Was it last week or the week before? Um, um, uh, regarding, the malware that was not only on um, uh, Intel Max, but on the very new uh, M1, M1 Max, Max mm -hmm. which was, I think, probably the biggest shocker of it all, that it was on the new Max as well. Um, so even with that, um, uh, that piece of malware that they still... I was, I was reading up on ways to find out if your machine was infected and it's a lot of going into terminal, you know, running some bash scripts uh, to see, you know, if you have the file. So it was pretty much intensive. It's not a one click type of easy thing to try and find where if you, if you, if you were infected with that piece of, of malware, but even uh, saying that um, in the study um, that uh, during 2020, um, there was a huge jump in uh, malware, almost, wow, 1,100%. So the jump was almost 1,100% compared to 2019. So mm -hmm. looking at it in that standpoint, one would say, holy crap, you know, Macs are really being threatened with all this malware when one of their biggest selling features were they rarely get attacked. Um, but if you look at it in context, it's saying that even with this 1100% increase from mm -hmm. 2019, it was still the total of malware found was still less than 1% of the new malware that was discovered for Windows during that same period. So even though it was a huge leap um, mm -hmm. in macOS, it still was very, very minuscule as compared to uh, mal new malware that was found on Windows during that same period. So I say all that to say, I know that there was a lot of talk about, um, you know, what happened with Silver Sparrow and, you know, making sure that your devices are safe, that even with the amount of 
a malware that's out there. Um, and the amount that was affected on Max during, you know, 2020, it still was not nearly as bad as what's going on um, over on, on the PC side of things. So, yeah, you got to, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. We got to look at this graph, right? Because they've got a graph uh, between 2012 oh, hold on. and 2021. I forgot I can share. All right. Well, while you do that, they, they show they show you first in the story, they show you a graph of development of Mac OS malware between 2012 and 2021, right? And they show 2012, or 2012, just 691 cases on up to 2019 when there was 56,000, a little over 56,000. And then in 2020, that's the jump that Anika mentioned. They jumps up to 674,000, a little over 674,000 cases in 2020 when there was only 56,000 cases in malware in 2019 as it relates to Mac, right? Then you look at the Windows graph from 2012 to 2021, the same time frame. In 2012, Windows uh, malware cases was 21 million <laughs> in 2012, right? Fast forward to 2019 and 2020 to where there is 89 million and 90 million respectively, right? So if you compare that to Mac, you know, in PC, there was 90 million in 2020 versus with uh, Mac, it was just a little over 674,000. So I guess the case that can be made was uh, if you're watching me on video, you can pretend, pretend I'm doing something with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> on my left hand is the amount of Mac malware in 2012. And on my uh, right hand is the amount of PC malware. It basically just did like this. Everything went up, but respectively, there's still way more Windows PC uh, malware than there is Mac. But uh, the case is still that uh, people are starting to pay more attention to Macs, uh, specifically uh, malware, hackers, things of that nature. So um, the only reason, in my opinion, this is my opinion, reason why Mac malware isn't as high as Windows malware is simply because I don't think it's that much more secure, even though Apple tries to claim that they've got all these precautions, they got all these safeguards, they got all these things. I just think that hackers are doing a numbers game. They're like, there's way more PCs out there. Mm -hmm. There's way more companies. There's way more corporations. So there's more to gain if I focus all my attention on these PCs. And people are more careless. So. And, well, I, uh, I would say careless, careless, careless in the fact of it's more people that are right. probably careless in that block of Windows users. Right. Because um, of the sheer amount. Because of the sheer amount. Exactly. But um, there's still a there's looks like this newfound attention to Mac. So still don't feel like you can just throw caution to the wind no. when you're using a Mac. Still um, take all the precautions. Exactly. So we're just looking at percentages. But of course, you don't want to be one of those percentages of people who get affected because you're going to have the same problems. You know, you're going to have to dig through all your software. You may even have to just chuck it, cross your fingers that you didn't get affected and just buy a new computer. Yep. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Because you really can't even save any of your files because you don't know if any of those were affected. So 
And I say all of that to lead us into our next um, article um, in the war of the dollar. Um, so we mentioned that uh, Mac is getting a lot more attention. The M1 Macs have just really knocked it out of the park and people are all Google Gaga over the new uh, M1 Macs as opposed to the Intel Macs and PCs. Um, so back in the what mid... 2000s, um, Justin, the Mac guy, um, Mm -hmm. he's back out and he's not back out for Apple. He's now back out for Mac. So he has a series of, um, series of commercials Mm -hmm. that are, you know, basically saying, you know, Apple isn't great. Um, the Intel PCs are much, much better. Than so spe- Apple. so specifically, he he think he's slick, you know. I didn't figure it out. He's not necessarily. I haven't seen any of the ads, so I could be wrong. But specifically, like super specifically, he is an Intel guy, right? And this is to combat the fact that Apple is starting to come out with their own chips when before they were using Intel, right? So now, and they'll still have the Intel Mac. It'll be you could choose. Eventually, yes. eventually, like in the next couple of years, I, it's safe. It's a safe bet to say Apple is going to be all in, in one, one yeah. state, right? So what Justin Long is doing is, you know, indirectly he's advocating for PCs, but directly he's saying Intel, 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 Intel right? So he's, you know, showing off all the, you know, specifics, the specifics and the flexibility of Intel. But of course, he's doing that on a PC, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, of course, Intel is sounds like or looks like from the fact that they've got this guy who was so hard for Mac back in the day mm-hmm. that he's promoting Intel. It seems like Intel is starting to see what potentially could happen. Mm-hmm. And they have put their advertising dollars behind Intel by getting this former and podcast people i'm doing air quotes right <laughs> this former mac guy right to try to who was just an people. actor by the way but <laughs> but he was synonymously was, known with being the mac guy and when people see him at on the road back in the day or even now nostalgic for nostalgic reasons he'll always be well he'll be considered to a lot of people as the mac guy but that's the problem with some of these actors who get knee deep in some of these roles when you can't there's a lot of people we have a hard time separating, oh, he's just an actor versus this is the guy. This is right? the brand, yeah. You think of... Um, What's the Sprint um, guy? Because in the Sprint guy flip? Right. He was... Uh, can you hear me now? Right. Mm-hmm. Verizon guy, he switched to Sprint, right? And I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, there was some stuff around that. But you can think of famously... You could think of Jared Fogel with Subway, right? Mm. His, his fall from grace, right? So Yikes. Subway probably took a hit because of that, right? So that is the 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 issue, the underlying issue, potentially potentially when you hitch your wagon as a actor to to getting um what's what's it called pigeonholed? I think is the the term. Yep, pigeonholed. Uh, yeah, into a particular role because I'm pretty sure. A lot of us say, oh, yeah, he's just an actor or whatever. But it does look like he's like, well, whoever's the highest bidder, right? <laughs> Which is unfair to him. Where the money resides, that's where right. I'll be. I'll show whatever 
you want me to show. And I think right. also, honestly, it's a bit of a false equivalency as well on the um on the on the ads, similar to the other, I think there's a surface ad out now where they're comparing a Mac mm-hmm. to a Surface. Why can't you mm-hmm. give me a touchscreen? But I'm like, mm-hmm. why don't you put an iPad up against it with the keyboard <laughs> and, and compare compare apples to apples, friends, not apples to chicken. Um, and I think what may get lost on some people is that what the M1 can't do now, it will be able to do, but this thing was just released, what, November, September? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're taking advantage of some of the naivety from people to not realize that, you know, it will be fully compatible, you know, at some point in the very near future. But I guess I said, while we have your attention and while we can technically say this, because it's technically true, we're going to, you know, get ahead of the game and, and start to drive this narrative early and often. Mm-hmm. Cause they're feeling it. They know good and well that you know when Apple switches over to M1s. Of course, like we mentioned in a previous uh, story, way more Windows. Yeah. You know PCs with Intel, and that's always going to be the case. But you know the fact that Apple is venturing out to where they control everything, then of course by these commercials, it shows that Apple or Intel rather, while they're acting like this is no big deal, clearly it's a very big deal. <laughs> They know the jig is up. Right. It's going to be up in probably a year and a half to two years. And right. their their source of revenue from Mac is going to completely go away. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get that money up front before people realize that, oh, wait, I could have kept my Mac because it's, you know, it's it it, it does do what it's supposed to do. So, so interesting, interesting the way the... The tech companies play this whole media game and marketing game. So, mm-hmm. all right, that is it um, in uh, second string. Let's head on over to further culture, where it's quite busy. Um, there are a couple of things that we had planned to talk about during our um, during our snobbish show, which is for all of our patrons. Um, and, you know, we just ran out of time. So we have a lot uh, to cover. So um, the subtopic for, for the culture is, but I'm not a racist. There are several um, things going on uh, in our country um, that are symptomatic of, of white supremacy. Um I'll start with the, um, I guess, oh God, this is going to sound bad. So I'm trying to figure out how to word it without sounding horrible. So we will talk, I guess, maybe in, let's do this. We'll talk in order of occurrence. Um, I think that might be the best way to do it. Um, So the first um, thing, uh, the first thing we want to talk about, but I'm not a racist, is... um, Starts out in Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, to be exact, um, during a high school girls basketball game. Um, I believe it was their um, championship um, championship game. Um, these uh, teenagers, these young ladies 
were um, getting ready to start their game. Um, And of course, we know during pretty much every sporting event in this country, the national anthem is played. Um, so the ladies of, um, of this team, I'm trying to find, um, the name of the team because I definitely want to make sure Norman high school, um, oh, from Norman, Oklahoma. Um, so, um, the Norman high school, um, girls basketball team, they decided to collectively as a team, take a knee during the, um, national anthem as the, as the, as the girls say, to bring attention to us going on in our country. So that so much isn't a, a shock because we've seen it happen on various levels of, of, of sporting events from the pros all the way down to the collegiate level and now all the way down to the high school level. And while these young ladies were kneeling, kneeling the radio announcer, um, on a, hot, on a mic. hot mic, he thought the mic was was off, um, and he said, "I hope Norman gets their a kicked, um, effing inwards." Mm-hmm. So uh, this person, Matt Rowan, thought that it was appropriate during this championship game between Norman High School and Midwest City High School to um, denigrate these 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old girls um, of this language on a hot mic. While that is bad enough, his apology, podcast land, uh, using quotes there, um is it was lengthy and it said a whole bunch of nothing. Um, I think the biggest uh, thing to be pulled out of his statement, and that's what I'll call it, is, uh, I quote, I will state that I suffer type 1 diabetes and during the game, my sugar was spiking. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes, that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements absent my sugar spiking. I didn't know a symptom of, of diabetes. The sugar <laughs> is racist. Diabetes <laughs> is uh, calling teenage girls effing inwards. Right. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I know quite a few people with the sugar, as we call mm-hmm. it down south. Um, you may lose a foot. <laughs> I mean, we all saw soul food. We saw what happened to Big Mama. Um, mm-hmm. But I never knew that, um, you know, being racist was a symptom of diabetes. Did you right. know that? Uh, no. Um, I, I did know that when people... Um, make apologies, you know, they, the last person that they blame is themselves. Yes. No accountability. (laughs) Right. We've heard so many stories, you know, we'll talk about another one later in the show, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's everybody else's fault, but my own. In this case, it just happened to be diabetes (laughs) is at fault. 
and not my own, which is surprising. That part is surprising, but it's not surprising. I hope it's not surprising to anybody that a person with a difference in opinion as it relates to anything, whether it be whatever the case may be, politics, you know, identity, um, whatever the case may be, it's not surprising that somebody with a strong difference in opinion who either doesn't know how to express their difference or is just flat out racist would go and say, I hope they get their blanks kicked, you effing blank words, right? So that is not surprising. I hope that's not surprising anybody. And that he I says hope, that he's not a racist. You know, right. the I don't have a racist bone in my body spiel. Right. I hope people finally start to see that thoughts like this that turn into words is commonplace. And I hope nobody, because black folks for the most part aren't, but I'm speaking to my white brethren and sister, sisterin, that I hope you know that you, while you may not uh, have these thoughts, there are a lot of people that you know that do that are regular people of the community, in this case, a sports announcer. And people who, who you would think are, you know, just great people, always been nice to me, mm -hmm. always been nice to this person, just mm -hmm. very congenial and, and overall good people. Right. Have these thoughts and have these ideas. And I think a lot of people, like, again, like the story we'll talk about a little bit later, they think they their view of racism is... I don't like this group so much that I'm willing to be violent towards them, that I'm willing to injure them, that I'm willing to hurt them, that I just want to be flat out hateful towards this person or towards this group of people. And at any chance I get, I'm going to show my disgust and anger. That's what a lot of people think racism is, right? Mm -hmm. But... They fail to realize or they fail to see racism just as simple as this sports announcer who has a differencing a difference in opinion to how people should respect respect the national anthem and the flag to then go to they're a bunch of niggers. Yeah. You know, excuse my language, but I mean that's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's that's the that's the extent at which what people are willing to go. And that in and of itself is racist because you can't, it's how better would it have been for him to say hot mic or not to say, Hey, you know, I really disagree with how they're representing the flag, but I mean, it's a free country. This is America's built on. If that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. While I strongly agree or disagree rather, I'd rather them do that. No, that, that is the, the right way to do it. The wrong way to do it, the racist way to do it is to call them a bunch of words because you don't agree. And I just want everybody to see that part of it. Especially, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, I can use that word, you know, to quote unquote thugs or, you know, people who are stealing or people who are burning down things, even though that is most certainly unacceptable. unacceptable. Uh -huh. But these are teenage girls Right. playing in a championship basketball game. So they had mm -hmm. to hear this before their game and then go on to play their game. Because um, the mic was hot. Because the mic was hot. And, you know, mm -hmm. kudos to these young ladies. They did go ahead, go on to win the championship 
for, I think it was their 6A, which is their, I think probably the largest class uh, mm-hmm. in, in their, in Oklahoma uh, sports. To um, add insult to his injury. Right. <laughs> and um, again, you know, I didn't realize that di- racism was a symptom of diabetes. I thought racism was a symptom of white supremacy. But right. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't believe I am. But because you know. he was so upset about it that he was willing to, again, hot mic or not, verbally express his real feelings uh, towards these ladies, you know, because those again, are his true like feelings. I, right. Because like I said before, he could have easily said, while I don't agree, this is a free country, because that's what people keep saying. They about claim America. to say free country. Don't violate my rights. First Amendment. You know, Second Amendment. Yeah. First Amendment. Uh, Constitution. You know, all that's cool until you people really start to, you know, show free country, you know, and then they disagree with it. And then they're a bunch of niggers, you know. And, that. <laughs> and let's be and let's be clear. Racism is not a uh, difference of opinion. Racism right. is not. Um, oh, I just don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. That is most certainly not the case, and the or fact sexism, sexism, or, ageism, right. uh-huh. xenophobia, all of the isms, none mm-hmm. of that is a difference of opinion or right. a different way I see things. That's right. called because, white supremacy. Because, as you can tell, it's not just thoughts. Because that turns into actions. That turns into actual violence, as you Which get we'll into in these later. next stories, right? Um, and the fact that he was just so, I mean, Google the statement because it's really long. I heard it. I heard it. Oh, I you did? It. I didn't listen. I, I, I was like, I'll just read not, it. I don't, I don't want to hear not it. Not the statement, the actual oh. comment that he made. It's oh, live. God. They got that recorded as well. I mean, he was just flat out. Had the mic not been on, they would have went on like nothing happened because mm-hmm. the way I'm sure he said it was like, you know, this is a regular part of his vernacular. Yep. yep. Yeah. As you can tell by the, uh, <laughs> this is not on our, uh, on the docket, but your boy from uh, Papa John's, who it has taken him <laughs> 20 months to, to get. <laughs> to reduce <laughs> his usage of the N word. <laughs> right. Out of his vocabulary. Oh, it's so hard to be able to not call these black people what I want to call them. It's so hard. Yeah. So it's just, again, like I said, I in, in to summarize, you know, I just want people to recognize, don't be so surprised when this stuff happens because it's... it's and if you are, I beg of you, go on... Expand your background. Do some Googles, <laughs> do some readings, you know, you know, because Google is free. They're going to still right. track you. But it's free, and all the information is is out there. As we go into this next, but I'm not a racist, Sharon Osbourne mm-hmm. of the talk on CBS, mm-hmm. um, implored her black uh, co-hosts, who she calls her friends, Cheryl mm-hmm. Underwood and Elaine Walteroth, to educate her on on racism. Now, all of this goes back to what we talked about last week with the um, Prince Harry, the Mm -hmm. Duke of Sussex, and Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, their interview with Oprah. Well, Mm -hmm. we all know Sharon is uh, an English woman. Mm -hmm. Apparently, she's great friends with Mm -hmm. Pierce Morgan, who is all of the isms 
or the ists rolled into one. Misogynist, misogynist, racist, homophobe, all of it. He's mm-hmm. he he's all of that. And right. he, so he he had some things to say about Megan Mark. He's had some things upset. to say month, I mean for years about mm-hmm. about this woman. Um and so um after the interview, he went on to his show and mm-hmm. and said some things. He got Somebody called out. He got called out by another black man. I he appears black. He may be biracial black, but he appears black. Even better. Even if it was, he was white or another ethnicity. Other than black. Because we need allies out here. But he was not. And he has been harassing this woman for years. And Mm -hmm. when one person in a very calm, you know, even killed, because as black people, we have to be that way Mm -hmm. as to not be the aggressor in any type of situation, even when we're in the right. And the other person is most certainly in the wrong, as we'll further explore with the Sharon Osbourne situation. He got up and walked off of his own show because this guy was calling to the, him to the carpet. So what does his you know, bestie, Sharon Osbourne, do? She goes on Twitter and say, I stand with Pierce Morgan because, mm-hmm. you know, paraphrasing, of course, he's my friend. You know, I've known him, I've for, known years, him for years. Not a racist bone in his body. Blah blah blah. And, blah, blah, blah uh-huh. All the same stuff. So she gets on her talk show, and of course, you have two black women who are on the talk, and they pretty much call her to the carpet to say, "So why, you know, did you support this man?" And they laid mm-hmm. out their case of, mm-hmm. you know, what he's done to Meghan Markle and to other marginalized people, and she just rails against Cheryl Underwood. Cheryl has called her her friend. She's talking in the most even tone. You know, Sharon, XYZ, Elemental P, you know, my thought. And then Sharon's, educate me, educate me. I'm I'm not a racist. You're making me racist. And throwing off, you know, curse words, explicitives. I mean, she's just going off. Cheryl gets emotional because talking about racism to a dark-skinned black woman is very personal. You know, mm-hmm. it's personal to all black people, but I think probably even more personable, I mean, personal to black people who of are a darker skin tone. And mm-hmm. Cheryl starts to get emotional, starts to cry. And then Sharon goes, don't you dare cry. If anyone should be crying, it should be me because I'm the offend. I'm the hurt party. Yep. So it just, um, it just goes to show how, you know, like I mentioned before, people who have the idea of, well, I've never hung a black person or I've never shot at a black I've person. I've never owned slaves. My family I've never didn't owned own slaves. slaves. I haven't used the N-word. Right. Some of my that, best friends uh, are black. You know. Right. That, that automatically excludes them from having uh, racist ideologies, if not, you know, uh, verbally uh, saying they're racist. Like in Sharon, uh, Cheryl, um, Sharon Osbourne's case, you know, she, you know, in her mind, I'm merely just taking up for a friend who was getting beat up in the news, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not thinking that the reason why he's getting beat up in the news is because of some of his past and present racist, sexist, all the other is ideologies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just got to let people take that L without you automatically jumping in publicly. Now, privately, 
you may feel this way, you know, and I guess it comes down to it. If you really feel that way, then maybe you need to pick and choose your battles. Or just ring up your old buddy and have a conversation about it and not say it on national TV. Or on in a sports cast (laughs) basketball game, right? And what it does is it makes things worse because in Sharon's case, they've put the show on hiatus, which I think is insane. Suspend the racist lady. Suspend the lady who was yelling and cursing on live TV and denigrating her black coworkers. Mm-hmm. You don't have to suspend the crew. Well, I think you know the 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 point behind that is we'll change the channel. You know, <laughs> something else will come up and we'll change the channel. So if we if we just disappear for a minute, then people will move on to the next subject. So they rather just sink the whole ship versus you know uh have to talk about this anymore because if they just get rid of cheryl underwood either for a little bit or sharon definitely sharon osborne Osborne, if they just suspend her for a little bit or suspend her indefinitely the other cast members are still probably going to talk about it we in the media are probably still going to talk about it and then the people who are on Sharon Osbourne's side is going to talk about it. That just equates to a lot of talking. So it's to them, I'm not excusing it. I'm not, you know, saying it's right, but right. Then it's like, look, let's just dead the whole thing. So nobody have nothing to talk about until something else comes up, but, which it will because. And it already has. So what happened was Elaine Roltoroff and her hairstylist filed a formal complaint with CBS saying that it was a hostile and toxic work environment. So now they have to do a real investigation. In addition to that, um, other co-hosts have come out um, to say the racist and homophobic things that um, Sharon has said to them. Holly Robinson Pete came out and said that Sharon got her and Leah Remini fired because she said they were too ghetto to be on the show. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, allegedly, she referred to Julie Chen, who is the wife of Les uh, Moonves, who used to be the president of CBS and uh-huh. was the lead talk person on uh-huh. their show, referred to her, who is Chinese American, as, quote, wanton and, quote, slanty eyes, um, as well as other ethnic slurs that are used against Italians. She mm-hmm. also, there are also claims that have been backed up by multiple anonymous sources that said that Sharon Osborne has referred to Sarah Gilbert, who is the talk creator and executive producer, as well as a former host who is a lesbian as, um, some derogatory terms as well. Isn't she the one that's on the, um, uh, that was on the um, Connors? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Darlene. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, more and more things are coming out about her. And all she had to do was sit there and, listen. and eat her food. And listen, that's I think that's the thing that a lot of people miss. You know, with Piers Morgan, with uh, Sharon Osbourne, even with the diabetes guy, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of them just saying... Um, that was a terrible decision to make. Um, I apologize because I'm sure I offended somebody. Um, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to reflect and I'm willing to, you know, come out this on the other end, a better person, you know, instead of them doing that, they get so defended 
they get so defensive mm-hmm. rather that they feel like, okay, well, this weight is starting to come on me. Something that I got to state my case. I, it <laughs> they got to state their case, which I don't know why. With all the stuff coming out with Sharon Osbourne, uh, uh, Sharon Osbourne, and by these other co-hosts and other people who worked with her around her, Piers Morgan, we know just on on air stuff that he's said and done, not counting stuff he hasn't he hasn't said on air, right? We know these people really don't have a case. So the fact that them to get so defensive and bite back so hard, it seems like one, you know, it and two and three and four, that it's true, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what people who, you know, uh in all of these cases, you know, the people who bite back so hard you know, they're really trying to not necessarily uh, defend themselves and dispel any myths, but they're really trying to hide who they really are. They're more offended about being called a racist than the actual racism Mm -hmm. because Sharon has gone on to be interviewed um, by uh, Kevin Flip Frazier, a black man who gave her a very softball interview He basically, in his post, tagged uh, several black women, two of which Sharon Osbourne has harmed, to come Mm. to the table and have a summit. No, that's not their job to to educate her or to have... Who who has a conversation with their abuser and tries to, let me absolve you of of your feelings? No. And her now, you know, this is Wednesday. God knows what will happen by the time the show airs on Friday, she's saying now that she was set up, uh, that the executives on the show set her up um, and blindsided her with this conversation, even though she admitted that they came to her and asked her, do you want to talk? Would you be okay talking about this? She said, yes. She said, and they, the producers were like, even if someone, you know, doesn't agree with, you and what you've said she was like yes but now that she's taking all this heat now she has to go and cry on everybody's couches and do apologies and you know say she was set up rather than merely one she should just sat there and listen to um Cheryl Underwood but racists can't do that um mm-hmm. they have to bite back and she thinks again white women they weaponize their tears it's been done since the beginning of time um, where people particularly white women can weaponize their tears particularly against black women and then you have Cheryl Underwood who was a dark-skinned black woman so that adds another layer to it instead of just saying you know what what I said was was wrong it was poor word choice Mm -hmm. I you know in speaking up for my friend or a person that I care about I did not take into full account of the impact that it would have on you, my people you're calling friends. Mm -hmm. I apologize for yelling and being, you know, denigrating to you and defensive Mm -hmm. to you and telling you to not show your emotions. I apologize. I am sorry and let Mm -hmm. it die down. But no. Yep. So it's almost like people are so scared of being canceled that you know you do things to even put yourself in more <laughs> cancel cancellation mode right you know instead of just doing what you know what a lot of people like you mentioned a lot of people suggest you know just take the l just take the l everybody gets them everybody My has bad. l's take My yours bad. you know and 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 roll and, and and keep it moving 
All right. Yeah. Before we get to the, you know, the latest uh, issue, I did want to uh, show, let me flip over my screen, um, you know, something I found on Instagram today that leads even more credence to this whole notion of um, of what we have uh, come across. I'm trying to bleep out something not so great. So um, <laughs> those of you who cannot, who are listening to this show, cannot see it, I will play the video and then I will tell you what's in the video. Did we ever, while it's playing, uh, did they ever, the purpose for this? The reason why? So, what we just saw um, is uh, from Baller Alert, which is a black centric um, website, Cess blog, Cessful. yeah, all that, all that um, uh, is the video starts with what appears to be a black woman, um, brown skin, full lips, uh, a kinky, hair. curly, natural uh -huh. little dew. And then they start to peel her face off, literally. Mm -hmm. Peel her, face off. her face and her hair off. They start at the back and they just roll it down and pull the face off what appears to be a black woman. And it's a whole white lady. So again, like I said, it, was this a, a, an art project? Was this a I, stunt? I don't know what this is. It, it looks like to me, uh, we can only, I, I haven't done any research. I'm only looking at the Instagram post where they peel off the black um, mask <laughs> and reveal this white lady under this mask. This has to be, they were deliberately doing this as some sort of piece of, I want to, I don't want to say art. That's not the right word I'm looking Show, for. Show, movie, video. It's, it looks like they did this specifically for something, but the amount to me, the amount of work and effort it took to create this mask and to paint this whole, cause they did, they painted her whole body black. At the end of the video, you'll see they're wiping off the bronzer or tint or makeup or whatever mm -hmm. they have on her from her legs. So it was a full body, you know, deal. My thing is, wouldn't it have been easier to hire a black lady who looks like this than right, to, so to create a mask? Yeah. So again, like I said, I haven't done any research, um, but according to some of the comments, it said one, one comment, one person commented, the whole show wears fake faces, masks. It is the point of the show. It's why they all look plastic. I don't know if they are celebrity faces or not. So again, I guess that goes to my point is I, it looks like and the fact that they publicly filmed them pulling the mask off that it is blackface. <laughs> Let me say that flat out because literally they put a blackface on a white lady. But it seems like they were trying to make a point 
of some sort. The point of um, racism? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't care know. To do research. Yeah, and the thing <laughs> is, it could have been a part of some show or whatever the case may be. It still doesn't make it right. It. Yeah, because it there's it's this sort of issue has a lot of uh, holds a lot of sentiment mm-hmm. uh, as it relates to black people specifically. And there are just some things, art or not, you just don't touch. Yeah. And blackface is one of them. Is one of those things. Because it's you know, the hair. I mean, it's everything. They literally peeled this lady's whole top part off from mm-hmm. the hair because the hair was attached to the face. I mean, it's full on. And I right. don't know one, what context. There is no context that right. this would be okay things, in any way. Yeah, there are just some things you don't touch. And, you know, blackface. Now, you, this lady could have been, they could have made this lady look younger. They could have made her look older. They could have made her look like a, a, a different sex. But when you're talking about race and you're doing it in the year of Al Gore's Internet 2020, there are some things as edgy, as artful, as conversation driven as this you want this to be. There's some things you just don't touch. Right. And this is one of those things. It's one you of know, those things. You know, your 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 motives could have been pure. You could have been all for the sake of art. And I get it. There are some some art things that could be considered art that I don't get, you know, but it's art. Hey, you know, maybe they tried to do this thing, but yeah, you just that Art for the sake of art. <laughs> they could have done <laughs> so much more with this. If you're going right. to build a whole face mask that you glue onto another person's face and paint mm-hmm. their whole body another color, you couldn't have made them a mermaid. You couldn't have made them a monster. You couldn't have made them a fairy. I mean, it's a million things that you could have used this level of effort to do to right. transform one person into something else. Right. So, but again, I think they did it to be edgy, to be, to be in the conversation and it worked because we're talking about it. So I guess mission accomplished, maybe, I don't know. I guess. All right. And the last thing, um, again, we're recording this on Wednesday, March 17th, but on March 16th, um, right here in the city of Atlanta, um, uh, a white domestic terrorist killed eight people um, of Asian descent. Six of those people were women mm-hmm. across three different locations. Mm-hmm. Um, four, four of the victims who died were of Korean descent. And it looks like he, this guy targeted massage parlors where I guess he assumed, and I, I mean, his assumptions were correct because the the victims were of Asian and this specifically Korean descent. Um, uh, went on this killing spree uh, in this area. It's in and, Buckhead. Yep, and in Atlanta. And again, it's not a far stretch to say that you know recent violence towards Asian Americans. Uh, could have stemmed from the previous administration's uh, handling of the coronavirus, how they depicted the origins of the uh, coronavirus, the the uh, pent up frustration that people have 
as it relates to the effects of coronavirus being locked in their homes, some people losing their jobs, you know, people having to, you know, uh, get government assistance, you know, some families, family members dying as a result of the coronavirus, you know, all that act could add up to somebody being radicalized enough to um, to do do something like this that left left eight people dead. Especially uh-huh. when you've had a white supremacist president who insisted on calling the coronavirus the China virus, mm-hmm. who insist on calling it the Kung flu, mm-hmm. who insisted on placing blame on mm-hmm. uh, an, an, a group of people. Not, um, not an administration, not a building, not a office. A person, yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a person leading other people. And, you know, they spoke about, I, I, did, a, uh, I did a screenshot on something. So this isn't the first instance of, um, of targeted hate against um, Asian individuals. Um, so based on this article, um, well, this uh, Instagram post, that uh, is from Kamora Lee Sibbins, who is black and Asian as well, um, of Asian descent. Um, and it says, since, uh, since COVID-19, anti-Asian American, anti-Asian hate crimes um, have increased by 1900% in the United States. Mm-hmm. Nearly 3000 reports of anti-Asian hate incidents were reported in over 47 states and the District of Columbia. And 73% of the reports counted the most vulnerable elderly Asians as the victims. And many of the crimes go unreported or are not classified as hate crimes. So that goes to show that because I I personally think because of the previous administration, the way way they handled this coronavirus pandemic, the -hmm. way they phrased it, the, the terminology they used, We've already seen, you know, with the insurrection at the Capitol, the way that they have radicalized uh, these folks in in this country. And we're going to call them what they are. They are domestic terrorism, terrorists. Because the the whole purpose is to cause terror domestically. Right. I mean, that's just, I mean, as simple as you can put it. You can't get get any simpler. Excuse me. Yeah, like I said, the whole point is to cause terror and they're doing it domestically. That's domestic terrorism. Yeah. I mean, why are we? It doesn't take a rocket scientist. Words? And right. the thing is, the amount of mental gymnastics, verbal gymnastics that the legal authorities here in the state of Georgia are doing to not hold this man accountable for killing these people. He had a sex addiction. He said, he said they interviewed him and he said he didn't kill those people because they were Asian. Even though he passed multiple strip joints mm-hmm. on his way to those locations, he's saying it's because he saw those places as tempting him uh, in his sexual ad- addiction. They've right. gone on to talk about he was a, a nerdy kid who was really religious. His parents were was a pastor. I mean... All of this mental gymnastics, not to call a thing a thing. This is pure out racism against Asian people. Yep, yep. And there's, I mean, like you, like we mentioned, there's 
been plenty of stories uh, throughout the year of, you know, Asian people being attacked. You know, I clicked on the story and it's kind of hard to read to where this guy and his family got attacked by somebody in Midland, Texas, in a Sam's Club, Sam's Club, where this guy and his kids were stabbed. And, you know, uh, it seems like they survived. But of course, you know, the father got slashed. You know, one of the, the six year old and a three year old got injured, you know, to where they have issues with face. You know, it's just it's just sickening that people are moved so much by someone's them. epidermis, the color of their right. epidermis. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's again, it's sad. But like I mentioned earlier, it's not surprising, you know, the amount of people who said this is not America. This is not who we are. It's definitely this is, who we are. This is America. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's sad. I don't want it to be that way. I don't want to give the impression that people who are listening, you know, who, you know, believe that, oh, you know, uh, Terrence or, you know, the show, that's all they do is look for racism. I'm like, no, we open up. We don't have to look for it. It's there. Open up Facebook. We open up Instagram. We open up Apple News. We open up Google. We exist there, and it's there. So you know, it's not. It's it's a part of who we are, and in order for us to turn the corner, it's not going to be a matter of oh, stop talking about race or stop discussing it or you're just looking for things to talk about no that's not going to change the tide it's going to take us as americans to really take a serious hard look at what this country is and sit with it because that's the only way by trying to ignore it by trying to fight it off, like in the case of Piers Morgan and Sharon Osbourne and, and blaming it on other things, like in Matt, the case of this Asian his, his guy. What, Matt uh, Rowan? Roman? Right, Rowan? Right. His diabetes yeah. did it. it. Blaming it on diabetes or blaming it on a sexual addiction. Or art. Clearly, right. Blaming it on art. Clearly, that's not what it is because these things keep happening. It would, They're it would not one-offs. One, right. It would, it would be one thing if violence towards Asian Americans was a one-off thing, like you mentioned, this one isolated instant. No, we've seen story on story on story on story all this year as it relates to uh, Asian hate against Asian Americans, people of Asian descent. You know, we've heard for generations of racism towards Black people. Vietnam War, Korean War. Right. I mean, you know, this isn't new. This is not stuff we're digging up. This is not, we're not on some sort of mission to make, you know, white people look bad. And let's be honest, we wish we didn't have to talk about this. We wish this didn't exist. All we want is for it not to exist and for us to be able to live our Mm -hmm. life and just go about our day without having to be treated, mistreated, harmed, you know, killed, discriminated against. Or just disrespected. Disrespected as what happened with Cheryl. Underwood, I mean, it's 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 not like this is something we relish because we don't because we right. live it every day. Right. And again, we can't like opt said, out of Sharon, it. Right. And like you said, in Sharon Osborne's case and a lot of people's case, it's not our job to teach you about no. it. You know, it's not our job to educate you. You know, we are uh, specifically to this show. We are bringing up these cases to let you know how widespread this thing is. But you need you know, to do your own not, research. 
Right. It's not our job to tell you how this makes us feel. Mm-hmm. Why don't you know, same thing, you know, uh, me being a um, a man, you know, it's easy for me, especially a man with a wife and two daughters. Right. It's easy for me to say and being a techie. Right. It's easy for me to say, oh, I found these tips. Right. That could help you use your iPhone for women to stop you from being sexually assaulted. You do this thing and you click this thing and then it'll do this and it'll do that. And if you do these things, that's less likely for you to be sexually assaulted. You know, it's easy for me as a man to do that instead of just saying men stop Don't sexually rape women. assaulting women. Right. <laughs> so you take that same attitude towards, you know, as it relates to racism, you know, it's, you know, it's one thing to say, OK, well, let's not talk. We, you keep talking about race or, you know, in the case to where you know, black people always have to be the, okay, here's what you have to do to stop racism. Stop doing these things. Stop doing that thing. Don't do this. Don't say that. Especially when the mic is on. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't say this. Don't blame it on your diabetes. Or you could just stop being racist. Yeah. Right? And let's not forget, there is another layer to this story mm-hmm. called misogyny. Right. Because we know um, history has taught us that Asian women are extremely fetishized and sexualized. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and to note that of these eight people who were mur- murdered by this domestic terrorist were um, women. Mm-hmm. And um, in a massage parlor where, um, based on some of the things that I'm reading, people are assuming that it was uh, negative uh things going on in these massage parlors. One, we don't know that to be true. And two, if it was, does that constitute someone being murdered? And the fact that he's tying it to his quote, sexual addiction. So it's just another layer on top of the racism. These women, these families have had their person taken away from them because of someone who is racist and someone who is a misogynist. And mm-hmm. usually if you're one of the ists, you're probably a bunch of them. Right. You don't just yeah. you don't just cherry pick, oh, I'm just not gonna like black people. Right. You're yeah. likely probably going to not like a lot of other people. So um I that can't be, you know, lost upon us. And uh if you go on Twitter, um, go to the hashtag stop AAPI hate. Or I think another one is Stop Asian Hate. Um, you know, there are some great resources on there. Um, I implore you to follow and to, you know, listen to people of Asian descent and of Asian American descent. How, you know, during Black Lives Matter, how we say listen to Black people, you know, Listen to these Asian and Asian American people. Listen to their stories. Listen to how Put this affects them. Right. And you know, if you're if you're really willing to do the work, find out ways to to support and to and to help. And one way, if you are a non-Asian person or a non-person of color or a non-black person. Talk to your family members. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that simple because 
If you start there having the conversations with your family members when they make a racist joke, regardless of which brown person it's against, or when they make a homophobic remark, call Mm -hmm. them on it. Don't Mm -hmm. let them just say, oh, well, that's how Uncle Fred is or Aunt Evelyn is or whatever the case may be. Call them out. Or, well, well, they don't treat people that way. It's just something that they said, right? Right. But we've seen what's something that they've said has what that has done. We've seen mm-hmm. what the previous administration said and what we've it seen into. how it was materialized into mm-hmm. harmful, deadly actions against people of color and black mm-hmm. people and indigenous people. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, like I said, it's not our job to do that. You know, take part, do your job too, you yep. know, because again, like I said, we need allies out there too. You know, it can't just be people of color saying stop oppressing us, you know, because it takes the oppressors to to make the change. To, yep, to 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 move that needle. Yeah. So. All right. Um, that's it um this week in for the culture. Um, we know it went a little bit long this week, but it's very to me, it's worth it and it's very important for for people to hear. All right. Um, For the hookup, if you will, you know, scrub back to the beginning of the show, you will hear the hookup from Terrence um, as it relates to how you can use Apple Maps to um, find a COVID vaccination area near you. Just put the the search in Apple Maps and they have compiled data from at least 20,000 different sources to be able to look up where you can get a coronavirus vaccination. If that's what you're trying to do at this point, uh, you can do that very easily through Apple Maps. All right. And um, that is our show for this week. Definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Hit us up on the social media sites, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at Westcast everywhere. Also, be sure to watch us on our YouTube channel at Cast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel so that you can get notifications when we publish new content. Also, feel free to leave us comments and suggestions on our website, snobblewestcast.com, or email us over at snobblewestcast at gmail.com. Additionally, you can support us and you can support the show by becoming a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash snobblewestcast. And for as little as $5 a month, you can get access to our pre-show content, uh, access to our live show taping, as well as access to our community forum. Um, If you do not feel the need to become a patron, even though you're missing out, you can definitely drop us a little bit of a love offering uh, via PayPal at paypal.me slash And that is it for this week. We will see you next week. Bye. Peace.